Good evening. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 818 Radio. I'm your host, Adam Wright, along with co-host Justin Tucker. Now, preseason is finally here. We just had the Hall of Fame game kicking off preseason that just started up. So football's finally back. Justin, we have the we had the Hall of Fame enshrinement that just happened the other day. So we're going to split this episode into two halves. Sort of. We're going to have the first half of this episode. We're going to talk about a little bit about the Hall of Fame enshrinement, the first couple parts of it. Uh, we'll share our thoughts. And then, Justin, you can give some additional thoughts as well. Um, and then after that, we have some preseason thoughts. Going into preseason, we just we just had our first game, but there's all there's still no shortage of questions, question marks going into preseason and going into the regular season as well. And there's a certain player who previously a couple of who we mentioned a couple episodes ago, he decided to um, they him and his his team they work things out. He previously requested a trade, Xavier Howard. They work things out, and um, we'll go over that in just uh, later on this episode. However. We're going to start off with a Hall of Fame enshrinement, and that would be um, with Peyton Manning. So Peyton, so Tom Brady came to the Peyton, came to the Hall of Fame enshrinement to see to see Peyton Manning, and Peyton Manning during his speech he took a friendly shot at Brady during his speech. He says, "By the time Brady is inducted in 2035, he'll only have enough time to make an Instagram post about it." taking a shot at how he always he's he's a has a big social media presence and that he that he's just never going to retire and he'll only be in, inducted in like 25 years from now um but just this back and forth kind of has me thinking a little bit and it raises the question uh looking back at his at both of their careers back when they were both playing in the league, do you think there'll ever be a rivalry quite like Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady? That's a good question. Uh, probably never, but there will always be comparisons between quarterbacks. I'm not sure if it'll have the same flair like a Brady and a Manning, but in the modern day, there will in like game of football, there will always be like comparisons between players. Montana, you have Marino. You had Peyton, Patrick Mahomes. You have everybody else. Like this is just another thing. And so sooner or later, I believe there will be another person to challenge Patrick Mahomes for that spot. But until then, that remains to be seen. I don't think there will be another one yet until the quarterbacks that are in the league prove themselves a little bit more. Patrick Mahomes already has a Super Bowl ring, and we already know his talent. So it's like every Patrick Mahomes is tier one everybody else is like tier one a and every and below so it's just a matter of time before we get that other quarterback to compare him to so here you have two of why who are widely considered some of the couple of the greatest quarterbacks to ever live in peyton manning and tom brady a lot of people have those those guys one and two in their personal rankings mm-hmm. and they played in the same era now, if it weren't for Tom Brady playing as long as he has been, then they'd be basically pl- – their playing careers basically started and well, Tom Brady, if he were a normal person, would have ended around the same time. 
Mm-hmm. Now, we were I don't think we understand how lucky we were to get a rivalry like this for two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time to play and play so often against each other. All right. They played against each other about what was it? 17 times. Yeah. Brady. And they were a yeah. lot of them were a lot of them were playoff games. About five of them were playoff games. Mm-hmm. And a lot of and now the regular season was very one sided. But during the postseason, um, Tom Brady is two and three against Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning three and two. But it, it, and it was basically whoever whoever was at home would win. That's mm-hmm. that was what that was the split. And they were some of the best postseason games you would ever see. So the fact that we got um, what we have is I mean, we're not going to realize how lucky we had it with these two until they're both until they're both gone. Now, Tom Brady's still in the league. And for the rivalries, I mean, name a rivalry right now. That's that's anywhere close to it. That's going on right now. Steelers and Ravens. No, like between quarterbacks. Oh, you, I, I can't really. Oh, that's no. Nah, I don't really think there's like one that compares to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what could we think of? I mean, the the issue with the issue with Mahomes and Rogers is that they never played each against each other. Nope. Mahomes, or, and if they have, I I don't believe. And if they have, they haven't played enough against each other to Mahomes to call it a quarterback rivalry. Maybe Mahomes Jackson, but that's not that's it's kind of one side. It's a it's a little bit one side. So it's I mean the well in the regular season it was pretty one sided as as it was with Brady Manning, but um, I mean well, t- time will tell. There's a lot of good young quarterbacks in this league. Maybe maybe some of them rise up and they they face each other. Maybe Deshaun Watson gets traded to. The, the Denver Broncos, and next thing you know, you have Mahomes-Watson every single year, twice a year. Now, that's a quarterback rivalry. That would be an interesting one. But my problem with that, they were up 24 nothing against them in the divisional round uh, two years ago, and they still found a way to lose. That's my issue with Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. They were up 24 nothing, lost 51-31. I can't explain how that happened. <laughs> I can't either. Do you think? Do you think that has to do with coaching, it the roster around them? I mean, Mahomes. Let's not let's not kid ourselves. Mahomes has a better roster around him than Deshaun Watson is. Not to say that Deshaun Watson is. Be- I'm not trying to say Deshaun Watson is better than Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. But um, the roster was superior in a way. But again, he still had twenty four nothing. 24 nothing. You gain a lead like that and you somehow blow it away in that amount of time. It's it's not as bad as the 28 to 3 lead, but oh I mean it's 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 pretty close because it was it, it was almost effortless Bowl, by the Chiefs. Though. It didn't happen in a championship game. That's the only reason I'm not as pissed off about it. For the Patriots, it took every inch of effort. It took every bit of effort that year. For the Chiefs, they were almost the lead was almost gone by halftime. It was just that bad. Like wow, I was I remember sitting there in the Buffalo Wild in a Buffalo Wild Wings watching with some of my buddies, and we were just watching, and we just I I was just thinking about how holy crap this Chiefs team is about to get eliminated. They're up 24 nothing, and the game just started. They could the lead could get bigger. And next thing you know, we're driving home from the Wild Wings, watching, listening to it on the radio, 
and we're just hearing the Chiefs score drive after drive after drive. Next thing you know, it's almost halftime, and they're barely up. It was incredible. I'm, I believe they won that game by d- double digits. Yeah. But anyways, that I that is I think that could be the closest thing. That could end up being the closest thing. Two very two very young quarterbacks. If they wind up in the same division, they wind up facing each other a lot. They face each other a lot in the playoffs. That's a quarterback rivalry. That could come close. I don't like it depends on what team Deshaun Watson goes to, because if he stays in Houston, they're not going to be competitive enough for it to be a rivalry. And if he goes to another team, will they have enough pieces around him after the trade? Will they'll be competitive with Mahomes? So it's like, I want, as much as I want to say Lamar, I kind of do want to say Deshaun as well. But it's like, I don't think he'll have the pieces. Yeah, it's... We'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens. I mean, if if he gets to, if he gets traded by, if he gets traded to Deshaun, or uh, if he gets traded to the Denver Broncos, that's a team with a lot of with a lot of talent around them. Mm-hmm. That's a team where I think they could they could easily contend, um, and and rival the Kansas City Chiefs. Division rivals, a quarterback rivalry. That's football right there. That's a game that's where I would circle on the counter and, and say, that's a game I want to see. That's a game I want to see. But anyways, time will tell. Um, kind of like how time won't tell with this other cor- other wide receiver who ended his career early. He was also inducted into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. The, the second, the third youngest, one of the youngest wa- players ever to be inducted in the Hall of Fame. We'll talk about him a little bit in depth next. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. Welcome back. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. We are talking about the Hall of Fame enshrinement that happened a couple of days ago. And we are going to we talked about Peyton Manning, one guy, one legend, and we're going to go over to one guy who is who happens to be the third youngest a player to be to ever be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Cal, former Detroit wide receiver Calvin Johnson, third youngest ever to be inducted. Um, he retired at the age of 30. So this raises the question, and this has been a question that's been asked a lot, but I'm going to revisit it. Um, should Calvin Johnson have played longer? That's a tough question. At the end of the day, that's only a question Calvin can answer. I would want to see him play longer, but if he decided my body is at a point where it's been beaten, like I can't keep going through this, then, yeah, I think it's time to retire. Now, granted, if he was willing to go through it, if he had a chance to win a Super Bowl, then I'm like, yeah, I think he'll be like, all right, I feel like we can win a Super Bowl. But the fact that it's Detroit, they're not going anywhere, it's like – I already have the numbers necessary to be in the Hall of Fame. And I think it was just a matter of how he was feeling, and he just had enough at the time and just wanted to move on. He couldn't leave the team, so he's just like, since they won't let me go no matter what, I might as well just retire. So the thing with Calvin Johnson is the year he retired in 2015, he had 1,200 yards. And the year before that, in just 13 games, he had over. He still had over a thousand yards. And the yep. year before that, in just 14 games, he had over, nearly 1,500 yards. Like it was, it was incredible. From even when he misses time, this guy, this guy just racks up statistics. It's just such a, 
he deserve he deserves every bit of this Hall of Fame induction, man. He look just look at his statistics. That's a you talk about a guy who I would have loved to be a, a New England Patriot. He's at the top of the list. And I remember when he was going to be a free agent. That's um, that off season in 2015. There were a lot of Patriots fans out there saying, "Well, let's sign Calvin Johnson." He's late in his career. He's been playing for the lowly Detroit Lions for all his career. He might want to go ring chasing. He goes and retires. I was like, God damn it. But not this time, Patriots. Could he have played longer? Yes. It, the question, if the question is, could he have played longer? Absolutely. And he could have played for a, at a high level for years. He probably could have played until, until today and put, still put a, could have put up numbers. Um, so the the biggest the biggest question is sh- should he have? Um, so I mean you can never tell what kind of injury he could have gone through if he continued to play or if it would have had any long term effects. He didn't. He clearly didn't want to. He was talking in his Hall of Fame Hall of Fame speech. He said as much as he enjoyed it while he was there, he and he endured a lot of pain off the field from pl- from playing so so long from all the fatigue and mm. you know I, I mean i'm pretty i'm i'm pretty i understand both sides of this um i feel like he could i'm gonna say it's a very tough question to ask but yeah he should have played longer he was only 30 only but, 30 you can't tell a man that feels like he needs to retire to like, you know what? You know, it's his personal choice, but I think he should have played longer. I mean, that's my, that's my personal opinion, but that his personal choice was that I choose health and I've already put up the numbers, but he was still would have been playing in Detroit because he's still under contract to Detroit. Detroit wouldn't move on from him. Even if they wanted, even if he wanted to, I think that was the thing. That was one of the things that was holding him back from going to like Green Bay. If Green Bay offered, and if New England and Green Bay offered him, he would have went to Green Bay first. He says on like the Pat McAfee show, Green Bay was one of the few people that like tried to get him. Aaron Rodgers was always trying to get him to Green Bay, which is why I never understood why Packers organization never trusted Aaron Rodgers with this. But that's besides the point. And if and if he found a way to get to Green Bay, he would have made his he would have added to his legendary resume. That they team would have won, won more Bowl. Super Bowls. They would have won a Super Bowl. That's they would have a Super Bowl. They would have won a couple. I I guarantee one. Because I'm two. You guarantee two? Three, four, five. Not one. Not two. Not, not three, three. Not four. Not five. Not five. Not, five, not six. six. <laughs> It would have been it w- it would have been electric. Even as a Patriots fan, even as a diehard Tom Brady fan, that would have been fun to watch. Jordy Nelson and Calvin Johnson, yeah. Calvin Johnson and Devonte Adams later on, it, that would have been incredible. But been like also hard to hard to stop. It would have been like a passing of the torch, and it would have been from one number one receiver to another. Calvin Johnson would have finished with even more insane numbers. A a uh a ring and induct into the Hall of Fame a little later on in his life. And he wouldn't complain about the pain and he'd say it was worth it. If only. But he wouldn't get traded to the North. That's just not going to happen. All right. Well we can we can fantasize, reminisce all we want. We could do this all day, but we're gonna have to move on to some preseason coverage. 
Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any? Do you have any other thoughts on on the Hall of Fame before we move on? Uh, Peyton gave a good speech. I loved the little dig at Tom Brady. I no longer hate Joe Palomalu, and I respect his whole career. Just I had. Now that he's retired and into the Hall of Fame, much deserved, by the way. I'm I'm happy for him and glad he's finally in there. I mean, he's a great player. I I I hate Derek Jeter as a Tom Br- yeah. as a paid, he's a phenomenal a Red Sox player. fan. I don't but... like him. He was a Steelers phenomenal player. That, that's why I don't like him. But I always had the respect for him. Yeah, of course. So I mean, as long as they were nice guys, like I mean, Antonio Brown was is great, but I don't respect him. He's a clown. And same with Ben Roethlisberger. He's, he loves kids a little too much. <laughs> anyways, um, okay. anyways, um, we're going to go on to some preseason coverage. Um, first, we're going to touch on a certain Bears quarterback, a rookie taken very high. And we're going to touch on – we're going to we're gonna look at some expectations that we have for him going into the 2021 season, into his rookie year. That'll be up next. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. All right, this is the Fumble Rooski podcast. I am Adam Wright. I'm here with Justin Tucker. We've been talking some football today on this fine evening, and we're we're talking a little bit of preseason football, and we're going to talk about Justin Fields, who mm-hmm. has been impre- who has been impressing so far in training camp. And we're going into preseason, and we still don't know whether or not he'll be the week one starter. Uh, I had that in there was that Instagram video that I post on posted on our Instagram page, where he's he's on the run and he makes he makes a sidearm throw going with no weight on his putting no weight into it and yep. nearly effortlessly completes the pass. Now um, the question is, do you think so, Justin? Do you think that just the other Justin, Justin Fields, yeah. should be the starter in week one. First things first. I mean, look at the name. You already knew he was going to be phenomenal with just the first name, Justin. That that screams phenomenal right there. But as far as should he start, I don't think he should start immediately week one. I think it all depends on how, what you see in preseason and what you like about it. If you think he plays good enough during preseason where you're like, I see it already, then yeah, you should throw him out there to see what he's got. If you don't like what you see and he's making erratic throws every now and then and he's not moving the ball the way you like, then, yeah, I believe you have to sit him. It's just a matter of what you like to see in preseason. And he has three games to figure it out. So Justin Fields, yeah, he's still he he's looked good so far in preseason and uh, sorry, training camp. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen some nice clips of him making these crazy throws and making all of these plays, and he has the roster around him to succeed this year. the mm-hmm. The big question with him is, um, yeah, we need to see him during preseason, and even after that, I still would not be opposed to the idea of him sitting out the first few weeks just to learn the offense and sort of continue to be groomed under this this professional staff. Uh, until he's ready. This is the franchise guy we're talking about. I've been talking all offseason before this draft how the the Bears are a quarterback away from being in contention and now they have him. And they all all while ma- while managing to retain Allen Robinson for a year. So this is your this is the year where you need to 
where you figure things out, you figure out where you are with this quarterback. This is a big deal for them. So they need to treat it that way. And if he's not ready, then I'm, or if he is ready and they just want to take a precaution, I am not opposed to that. I think if they want to start Dalton a few, a few weeks, I feel like Andy Dalton has a, he has a similar play style, maybe not quite as mobile, but he, he can fit that offense deep, fairly similar to Justin Fields and he could learn under a veteran like him. And I think that would be very beneficial to him. I think I'm not opposed to it. If he's ready then, and they want to do it, let's see what he's got, but just be careful not to ruin this guy because he is your franchise guy. Yeah, of course. And if Andy Dawn can't do the trick, there's always a big something Nick over there to do the trick. So, uh, you have two backup quarterbacks that you can see run the offense instead of Justin Fields until you feel like, all right, I believe he has this offense down pat. I believe he can get it to my number one through four receivers just fine. I believe he can orchestrate the offense and do it at a high level. And, yeah, you don't want to ruin him, so I don't think they'll throw him out week one. But I think over the season they'll look at him and be like, yeah, I think it's time that we started him. Let's see what he's got. Yeah, we'll see what he's got. Again, time will tell with yeah. this with this quarterback. He's a good young player. He is he seems to have a good good head on his shoulders. He's looked good in camp. We'll see what happens. Um we'll well it'll it'll time will tell and we'll see what we can expect from this kid. Um speaking of expectations, um we have a certain star player coming out of coming off an injury for the Giants, a certain running back who has made a, a big step towards his comeback from his ACL tear. Um, we'll get, we'll go get more into that next. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. Welcome back. We are here talking some football. I'm here with Justin Tucker. We've, um, we're going into uh, Saquon Barkley who tore his ACL back in the uh, back in the beginning of the 2020 season, and he's been recovering for it since. And there's been a lot of there's been a lot of noise from the giant from Saquon's camp saying that and trainers saying that he, there's a possibility that he could miss some time during the regular season as well. So there, he took a big step this a uh, couple days ago where he was activated off the physically unable to perform list un, in other words the PUP list or PUP list whichever you want to put it um so there is still the possibility that he could be that he could miss time dur- um during whether that or not that's preseason or the regular season as well but uh Justin when he comes back what do you think we should expect from this guy coming off an ACL tear? I think they'll use him with precaution when he first comes back. Hopefully, hopefully they use him with precaution because he's just coming off an ACL tear. So maybe the Giants will run, will do it by committee more so than relying on Saquon Barkley a lot. But I think as they realize that hopefully, knock on wood, He's fine, and they can rely on him more in the run game and in the passing game. So I think it's just a steady process of he's coming off an injury. We don't want to run him into the ground again. Let's just see what he's got, and then we can go from there. 
Hopefully, Daniel Jones has progressed to the point where they don't have to fill the box with eight people. But I don't know. I don't know where Daniel Jones is at this current moment in time. I believe he has the weapons to succeed, but until we see him during preseason and week one, I just don't know. Yeah, we'll have we'll. So the thing with Saquon Barkley that I have with him is that even before his ACL tear, he still was not performing really, and it was ever since Daniel Jones took over as the the starting quarterback, Saquon Barkley hasn't put up the numbers. What? And what? He's put up these. You're asking a lot from Saquon. I don't think people realize what you're asking of him. From Saquon? Well, I just want him to be able to be a the star running back that he is, being the number four overall pick from the 2016 draft. He still ran for over a thousand yards. No, was it? The, it was the 2017 draft, but yeah. 18. He he was with Lamar in the row. Oh, it was 18. Right, 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 18. But number four, number four overall pick. His yeah. first year. He was the number two. Number, number two? I thought it was number four. Sorry. Number two overall pick. You you have expect that's even that further supports my argument. You should ex, you should expect more than from than what you've gotten from him from the past couple of years. He's mm-hmm. his first year, he he absolutely met expectations. The second year for the for most of the year he was good and then then Eli Manning was replaced by Daniel Jones, and his play fell off. Gee, I wonder why. Gee, I wonder why. You Do you think Daniel Jones is not as good as Eli Manning? I don't think he's helped. I don't think he's helped Saquon as much as you want, to, want him to. I believe when he first took over, I believe he still had, and Saquon still had more room to operate because at least Dan was throwing touchdown passes. I can't remember. I think it was against the Bucks. I think he threw like four or five touchdown passes in that game. And I think they won. And that's how he got the name Danny Dimes. And ever since then, he hasn't met up to expectations. And since then, they've, I think opposing defenses have said, we're not allowing Saquon to get off. So you're just going to have to rely on Danny, on Daniel Jones. And I don't think he can deliver. So it's either Saquon or Bust for right now until Danny Daniel Jones delivers. See, I mean, that, that, regardless, there's still there's still that the fact that he's underperformed a little bit this past the past couple of years, and mm-hmm. there's the fact that he's that he's coming from back from an ACL tear. So it's not just that. Uh, so it's not just the ACL tear alone. He's he still has to he still has to prove that he can still do it, and with an with an injury on top of that, and. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens. I I hope that Saquon Barkley. I hope that Saquon Barkley hasn't lo- hasn't been wasted for his best years, and that the best his best years are behind him. It feels like his. I mean, since he was drafted, it feels like his career is almost over before it starts. And mm-hmm. I mean, ACL tears are are hard to come back from as a running back. You know, Dalvin Cook tore his ACL, and he wasn't the same until like two years later. He tore it in 20 – he tore it – what was it? In 2018? 2017. He tore it in 2017, and he wasn't the same guy until 20 – he tore – he wasn't the same guy until 2019. 
and even then he was still fit. He was still having injury issues. It was basically up until 2020 where he where he was able to p- play to his full con- full potential. So if it takes that long for Saquon Barkley, especially this uh, this late uh, late in his career as a running back, late. his best years he's a running back. What? His best years could very well be behind him. It's not like he's 28, 29. He's still young by run, even by running back standards. He still has a few more years left in him where you could say, oh, okay, he can still perform. It's not like he it's not like he's 28, 29 and then the the ACL happened and it went out of one out and no he's still young he can still i believe he can still recover i think it's just a matter of that giants o-line and daniel jones if he can get a line behind him watch out that's that's about it i sure hope so he's a he's a nice player he has a great head on his shoulders he's has a great work ethic he's a he's squeaky clean off the field I mean, this is a this is a type of player who you want to be the face of the NFL for when it comes to running backs, and I I I really hope that his best years aren't behind him. I I hope you're right. I hope I'm wrong, but the fa- it's it's hard it's so hard for running backs to sustain success over a long period of time, and he's already he's already been in the league for a few years. Mm-hmm. So I just I I hope his year, best years aren't behind him. Um. Anyways, we talked we talked about one uh, one running back who one veteran running back, um, and we're gonna get into a rookie running back who ju- who stuck out a little bit in the Hall of Fame game for the Steelers uh, with some expectations. We'll talk about him next on the Fumble Rooski podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome back. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. We've been talking some preseason and. We have this one running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers his, who was just drafted in the first round. His name is Najee Harris. He had the second most carries in the Hall of Fame game. He averaged 3.1 yards per carry, um, and he had a target in the passing game, so he had his fair share of, uh, of usage. Now, he is, there's a lot of there's a lot of rumors circulating around actually there's a lot of expectations from a lot of from staff that he will handle a work a workhorse job um and a workhorse role now um what do you think we can expect Justin from Najee Harris in his rookie season playing in this uh, in a in a large role coming right off of his right out of college who cares If, if, you're for, if, if, if you're going to force me to talk about Najee Harris, I think he's going to have an okay season. I'm not going to expect him to have a great season, mainly because I don't think the Pittsburgh Steelers line is as great as it once was because David and Castro's not there. Villanueva is not there. As a matter of fact, he's in Baltimore. Uh, Marquise Pouncey is retired, so I believe their line isn't as good as it used to be. Big Ben is not as good as he used to be, and so I think he won't. He probably won't rush for a thousand yards, but I think he'll have a thousand yards all purpose because he'll be in the in the passing game. And since they see him as a three down back, meaning he can run, run, catch and block. I think he'll get a lot of reps. Despite the fact that he's a rookie. So overall, I think he, uh, he'll have an OK season, but I'm not sure he'll break a thousand yards based upon that Steelers O-line. So you don't think. So you don't think he'll have he'll come in and immediately just light it up? 
Not in the north. <laughs> Not in the north, no. Okay. <laughs> light it up somewhere else. I mean, there's plenty of teams where he can light it up against, but not against us. He has to so, face, like, the Ravens, the, the Browns four times, and then there's Cincinnati, who they apparently struggled with last year. So, yeah. So, yeah, you raise a good point with the with the fact that he his offensive line is is gone from last year. They he has, They've lost three of their five starters from last season, and – I mean, they they replace they replace them with some pieces, but they're all either first year guys or they're being moved in. They're play, players who are moving in from to a different position. So the the offensive line is a big question. Whether their pass their pass protection is going to be a huge question mark. Um, their rushing their their run protection could be could still be in, intact. The only issue is um can't the only issue is um, he's a rookie, so they're going to end up having to. They're going to end up having to um. Uh, play a very balanced attack, to sort of compensate for the fact that their offensive line is, uh, their offensive line is, a little bit in shambles. It's a big question mark. If they can keep him guessing, then Najee Harris could could have some production. He's a very talented back. He could be used in the passing game and the rushing game. And he can, um, um, as long as the, as long as the offensive line isn't too much of an issue, he can't, and he gets the workload that we think he's going to get. Then I think he'll have a productive seat. I think he will have over a thousand yards. I do. Rushing? Rushing yards. Yeah. I think he'll get that. I don't think so. I don't think the passing game will be as good as you think it is because you even saw Chase Claypool went down in the preseason game, so we don't know the extent of his injury right now. We hope it's nothing too long-term, but at the same time, it's still an injury. Even then, I'm not certain of him being a number one. I know Juju's not a number one. James Washington wants to leave, and then there's Deontay Johnson, who occasionally drops the ball, ball more times than I can count. He drops more balls than puberty. But that's besides the point. Deontay Johnson? Yeah. I don't I don't know about that. Deontay Johnson was one of their more reliable receivers last year. That's not saying much. That's really not saying much. Chase Claypool had himself a good year. There was Juju Smith-Schuster who had a solid year for them. And they still have Eric Ebron as a tight end. They they'll have a decent passing game. The big the big issue with Catch the, it. Eric Ebron catch last year. The yeah, biggest issue with the with the Steelers offense was not in the passing game, it was in the it was in the rushing game. They didn't have much of a rushing attack. And now there also is the issue that Ben Roethlisberger can't push it down the field like he used to anymore. Mm-hmm. However, um if we're talking about Najee Harris producing, they may not need that. They may just need short passes and to rush to rush the ball every now and then. And short passes does mean more action for the running back. Who's going to be Najee Harris? That's so do I think he's going to have a great year? Absolutely not. But can he can he eclipse a thousand? He can get there. I, I just don't see it because again, I look at I've I've seen the Steelers. I had to. They did not scare me once last year. The only reason we lost the second game is because our whole team was ravaged by COVID. If we weren't in that game, we if our team was healthy, we would have won that game. 
Deontay Johnson couldn't catch. Chase Claypool couldn't get open. Juju Smith-Schuster, I don't even know about him. Eric Ebron couldn't even catch. And down the stretch, you saw all these problems just elevate and elevate, except against the Colts. Every other game, they lost. Uh, the Washington football team, who they should have beat, they lost. Cleveland Browns, twice, back-to-back, should have won both of those games and lost horrendously the second time. I don't I don't want to hear it about them. I, I just don't. And the running game was horrendous last year. I don't think it'll get better this year because of the losses on the O-line, which means you're going to have to rely on more on Big Ben passing-wise, and I don't feel safe relying on Big Ben passing-wise. I'm not – I just don't see it. See, it's just going to have to be a balanced attack. It's just going to – we're, we're going – it's going to be a – it's going to be – it's not like, like the people. it's not like the Kansas City Chiefs like where we're just gonna ele- rely on Patrick Mahomes to run the show. It's gonna have to be a lot. Lo- it's gonna have to be a team effort where the receivers are playing a role, the tight ends are playing a role, the offensive line has to step up a little bit. I'll admit, and Najee Harris is gonna have to put his big boy pants on early on, but I think he can do it. I I think he can. And if he doesn't get a thousand, he could get nine hundred, eight fifty. I think he could do it. That is not, then he won't eclipse over a thousand. If you want to tell me he'll get one thousand all purpose, I'm like, all right, I can see that. But no, I just don't see him getting it rushing because he has to face like arguably two top five defenses four times. I just and if I look at their schedule, it's not looking too good either. So for right now, I just don't see it. Well, this is a this will be, I guess, another time. We're gonna have to name this episode. Time will tell. You think so? It's, yeah, because it's pre it's preseason, and we don't know what all these people are until the regular season when they actually have real competition to go up against. All right, now we're gonna move on again, and next we'll we'll discuss a certain uh, Deshaun Watson. Some more drama going on with him as as has been going on all off season with this guy who's given up who's been good for us because he's given us more to talk about there's more news on him we'll discuss it next on the fumble ruski podcast all right here we go we're going to discuss some deshaun watson drama a little bit of gossip going on back around here he's been involved in literally everything um when it comes to the nfl when it in regard regarding trade rumors um, team drama, all that stuff. There was an, there were, there's a lot of assault cases, quite a few, to mm-hmm. say the least, that have gotten his way. Um, so Deshaun Watson has finally reported to training camp. However, he also, uh, according to reports, he's not going to travel with the team to Green Bay, meaning he won't be playing their in their first preseason game, and. So th- this has been a big question all offseason long, but I'll, we'll ask it now that we're the season's almost started. Is there any chance Deshaun Watson plays football this season? There's a chance. It, do- it doesn't seem likely. I want him to play, but the question is where will he go is the main thing. Hopefully a team will trade for him or he'll just suck it up and just do another season with Houston, but I, I just don't know at this point in time. It, it's a tough situation, especially with Deshaun, with all the things going on surrounding him. But I've had, I have heard that uh, the Eagles want 
to trade for him. So it's just a matter of will they trade for him or will they not? Or I don't know what they'll do. I'm not even sure that Deshaun Watson can even play right now. So it's only time will tell. Even if he did want to play, it will be up to the league. I mean, yeah, it would take it would take all of the legal stuff that has gone on around around his um around the assault cases to clear up. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying not saying whether or not any of that transpired or not, but he would have to be it would take it would take either that it would take that and he would have to be a little more competent with the team. He he'd have to be a little more um He'd have to be he'd be have to be more more uh, to part. He'd have to work with them and be able to in order to be able to play, regardless of whether he gets traded or not. Like you said, there's the Eagles that could trade for him who aren't completely who don't seem to be completely sold on Jalen Hurts yet. There's also the Denver Broncos who I mentioned earlier on. Mm-hmm. But either way, he has to, they, both sides needs to work, need to work this out regardless if he's going to play this year. Because if they just continue to stand here with a stalemate, he may not play this season, and he, he we may not see him again for um, in at twenty twenty two at the earliest. And I don't want I I want to see this guy on the field, uh, assuming that all the legal stuff is cleared. Yeah, assuming all the legal stuff is cleared, I do want to see him on the field. It's just. A matter of if he can get through those obstacles or allegations in the way. But I just don't know what team he'll play for. And I'm not sure if he'll go to a better or worse team. That's the issue. It's Doug. It's my dog, Rich Golden Retriever. Golden Retriever, yellow lab mix. He anytime anybody comes around comes by, he just just starts Justin knows very well, doesn't don't you, Justin? I'm well aware. Doug likes me. Yeah, for those of you who could hear that, that was my dog, Doug. Um he's upstairs. I'm recording this in the basement. Anyways, um we're gonna I want to see this guy play, and it's gonna take a lot of it's gonna take a lot of um par- it's going to take a lot of competence from both sides for both sides to just listen and to work things out in order for him to play. But I mean, if he plays one of these preseason games, I think we could be a little more reassured that he'll play. If he doesn't, then he's, I don't think there's a good chance he won't play this season. What do you think? The thing about preseason is some quarterbacks won't even play preseason. So it's just, I'm not even sure if that's a good and like, such a good indicator. So I hate to say it because we've said it too many damn times this episode already, but time only, will tell. Only time will tell what, just like all these situations during preseason. Hopefully he does get traded. He doesn't seem happy in Houston, but we'll wait and see. Absolutely. We're going to wait and see because you know why, Justin? You know why? Why? Because time will finish it. Tell. There you go. Time will tell. Anyways, time did tell with Xavier Howard, and so we've had a lot of different, uh, a lot of different trade requests co- going on. If you really think about it, this off season, mm-hmm. and we've had, we've had 
J.J. Watt request a trade. He got traded. We've had Matthew Stafford request a trade. He got traded. We've had we had Julio Jones request a trade. He got traded. Carson Wentz got traded. I think the only one who hasn't, and it's only mainly because of the sexual assault allegations, it's Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. However, there's one player who has broken that trend, and that's Xavier Howard. We'll talk about that next on the Fumble Rooski podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast. I'm Adam Wright with Justin Tucker. We're talking about Xavier Howard, who request, previously requested a trade, but both sides, the Dolphins and the and Xavier Howard's camp, they have worked it out, and his contract was restructured. He had the most – now, he's this is the most money added to any player's contract with four years remaining left on the deal. And – um, the question, the, the question that I have is, uh, do you think he deserves so much money to be added to his contract? I believe for what he's worth and what he's going to do, I believe he is worth it. He was a defensive player of the year candidate last year with 10 interceptions. That, that means not only is he locking down the best receiver, he's giving your offense more chances to score points, which is a good thing for your rookie quarterback at the time. So I think he's valuable for both sides of the ball, if you see it from that perspective. I believe he was worth more money going into this going into the season, and he believes so too, which is why he wanted the trade, because the Dolphins weren't every, like going along with it until they just finally caved in and like, all right, we'll pay you. So it's, it's good all around. I'm happy for him. Glad he's getting paid. I know Sean's happy he's, he's getting paid. Now he doesn't have to deal with that, and now he can just focus on if Tua's going to be the guy. And so now that's the only question remaining. They have the defense intact. They just need to know where the offense is right now. Now, see, I've been saying this. So we, we you and I, we both had Xavier Howard on our, on our power, on our player rankings for, for our cornerbacks. We had him and I, I believe we both had him in our top five. Yeah. So Xavier Howard he is the top he is the top player in a position that is in my opinion one of the most probably the most important position um on the defense what i just forget you said he was the top one he's one of one of the top players oh, for one. his one of the top players for his position I and one you- of the most po- important positions on the defensive side of the ball i thought you said he was the top one no, I have I have Jair Alexander there. Okay, just checking, just checking. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna contradict myself. That that'd be, that wouldn't be good. Yeah, anyways, anyways, we have um, so this guy and when you look at this when you look at this Dolphins team, they have talent everywhere now, and if their top corner decides to leave, then that becomes that becomes an issue and it become it where they, they this team just this team just finally got into sort of the realm of contention where we can look at that team and say if everything falls right if Tua Tagovailoa is as good as we as we think he's going to be and if this team pans out they could be up there in the mix if Xavier Howard leaves then that secondary isn't quite as good anymore I mean, Byron Jones is all right. He's not the player he used to be in Dallas when he was in Dallas. 
five two eighty five years eighty two million. That guy. I mean, if he starts, if he pans out, then that'd be great. But anyways, we're talking about the other corner, Xavier Howard. He's such a big part of that defense, mm-hmm. and he's the heart and soul of that defense. They needed him. So absolutely, they he deserves the money, and he's one, like I said, he's one of the most important positions on the defense. In in fact, probably the most, in my opinion, the most important position on the defense. So it is great that they were able to get this guy back. They needed him. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, their defense certainly certainly wouldn't have been as good, and it might have fell apart in some places without him and what he brings to the table. So yeah, I think it was necessary to pay him the amount of money he was asking for and making sure he's on that team for years to come my only issue is this should have been resolved sooner rather than later with his original contract exactly they definitely they they should have worked on this much earlier but at the same time Xavier, buddy if you no, had if you had an issue with if you had an issue with the contract that you just signed, like why didn't you just bring this up earlier on, like two minutes ago? Not in the middle of an off season, two years then. I don't know. Um, anyways, do you have any other thoughts for this episode in, in regards to football before we wrap things up? Uh, I think we need to pay close attention to Michael Thomas down with the Saints. They're not looking happy with each other right now. I mean, he's gonna miss he's gonna miss some time again, and yeah, it's it's upsetting. He's one of the better better wide receivers. Yeah, there is. And I know I, I didn't have him on my rankings because of the injury, and obviously mm-hmm. that aged very well, right? That's yeah. not sarcasm, by the way. I was right. I said that injury might be a problem going into the 2021 season. Mm-hmm. He he was actually mm-hmm. did he make my top? T- I believe he did. Yeah, he made mine. I know that's for sure. And uh, it's I don't know. I think if he was, he was in the bottom half. It was a while ago and I didn't really write it down. But I I have him in that general vicinity anyways. um, But yeah, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check us out on Spotify and Google Play. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we will see you next week over and out.